Today's episode of Cinema Gush is brought to you by the almighty janitor trope. Let's face it, folks. In the totem pole of life, there's got to be someone on the bottom who should never be underestimated. Whether it's Ernest P. Worrell, Forrest Gump, or even the janitor from Scrubs himself, these people might have the lowest jobs, but their skills and abilities are of critical importance if your hero is going to make it to that happy ending. The almighty janitor. Remember, even God was the janitor in Bruce Almighty. That's got to tell you something. Hey guys, welcome back. It's uh, it's it's Cinema Gush, and we're here, episode three. We've got a guest today, a guest, because that's what we're gonna do here out. Because we like guests. Today we are talking to Sir Kyle uh, Murphy, a eclectic man of many talents and an encyclopedic knowledge of board games, coming to us from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, where he's gonna talk about a little movie that he likes. How you doing? Doing well. Happy to be well, here. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Yeah. It's good to have you here, Murph, who I've called every name in the book this week because of my freaking autocorrect on my phone. You've been morgued and yeah. morph. I liked morph. <laughs> it felt like, like the white guy version of Morpheus. That was, that was fun. <laughs> like... Get you some glasses that hang on the tip of your nose. And just know. <laughs> uh, so. But yes, we are, we're here to gush about movies that we love, as everybody knows. I'm Nick. We got Brendan. We got Murph. So, Murph, tell us about the movie that you just love. Tell us about it. This is a little movie called UHF, also known as the Weird Al movie, because this is the only movie that, like, is a full-length feature movie starring Weird Al that is very much just, like, inspired by Weird Al. It is It is a Weird Al movie. It, it, it is has funny. always been pitched as the Weird Al movie to me. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So yeah, so UHF, what, 1989, directed by Jay Levy and written by Weird Al and Jay Levy. Exactly. So, uh, yeah. So. Continue. My understanding is you like this movie. <laughs> yes, okay, so. <laughs> Please gush about it. So you UHF just, just let us know. <laughs> is that like the name of the show or something? Should I be gushing? Cinema Gush now? is our name, yeah. I feel like I should have eaten some gushers before coming on the show. I was then, trying hey. to propose that we review fruit snacks every episode, but that <laughs> it just seemed off. like a waste of time and energy. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe commercials from the 90s we could review. Anyway, so UHF is a movie that when I was in high school, this was like one of those movies that you have when you're in high school that you watch with your friends like all the time because you find it hysterical. Um, I was, so I was a friend of, or I was not a friend, I wish. I was a fan of Weird Al when I was a kid. Um, and this movie truly is like taking his style of comedy that he does in music and really transporting it to film. So the whole, the whole conceit of the film essentially is this, there's this guy who goes through and has like a very kind of normal story where he has trouble with his job and, and whatnot, and then there's a radio station, and then the radio station's in danger and they have to save it, and it's very much a like late 80s, early 90s, like, yay, let's get the band all together to help everybody do this thing, and then it works out in the end, and everybody's like, yay! But along the way, the whole thing is that this guy, George Newman, has an imagination as he says in the beginning it's like George Newman hey he's got imagination and he sprays mustard <laughs> in the kid's face makes sense if you've seen the movie um, <laughs> but uh, and so because he has an imagination he goes through all of these various different different movie fantasies where he's inserting himself into these various movies so the first one is Indiana Jones um, and he's you know running from the giant boulder that falls down 
and yeah, but then and then you know it goes throughout the film. At the end, there's like Gone with the Wind, but in the meantime, there's there's all these various things. Rambo's in there, like First Blood, um, and so it really is. So there's a few different things here. First of all, it's Weird Al's kind of like love letter to cinema, and when I say to cinema, I mean like movies. Cinema sounds kind of too pretentious and pretentious. And Wait, toy-toy. you have a problem with the word cinema? I, I don't, but I do have a, a problem with people who are like, ooh, cinema. Movies like The Tree UHF, of Life. Or brought something. to you by Cinema Gush. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you guys can gush about whatever you want to on your own time, but we're here to talk about To, to be fair, we picked Cinema Gush because it's the only damn title that wasn't already taken. Oh, um, well, Continue, I'm sorry. Anyway, so... Yeah, so he so there's all these different movies in there, and he includes like nods to things like uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, which is like a five second joke that's just kind of like a throwaway joke. What, was that Wait, okay? Can I that? stop you there? Is that with the lights behind their car? No, no, that was because I think potatoes. there's another joke. I know the mashed potatoes, but I think there's another joke where they're driving the janitor after they kidnapped him, and the lights are light up behind the car, and then they move aside, and then it doesn't build anything. And I'm pretty sure that was a, a Close Encounters reference as well. That very well could be. I've only seen Close Encounters once, and I haven't noticed that. But like, there are, there are, are all these things in the movies that like you don't you you catch new things even though it's you watch it twenty times. Yeah, yeah. Um, and but like this, the style of humor here is honestly like before its time, because this mm-hmm. this is coming out before like the ubiquitousness of the internet and before viral videos before those words had even been put together like yeah but very much all of these little vignettes all these little scenes that weird al does or these little jokes and takeoffs on various movies that he does are like the sort of thing that you share on youtube with your friends you look at this absurd thing that my wife had never seen this movie, and at the end of it, she looked at me and said, "So this was a movie about YouTube, huh?" That was <laughs> exactly what I thought too. Exactly what I thought too. You know, UHF, like the way that it kind of plays out, it's a very basic plot. So you have time for these little vignettes right in the middle, like Spatula City. It's Spatula City. <laughs> so that's a yeah. perfect example, especially because when they first started filming the movie, Spatula City, which if you haven't seen it, is just an ad for a Spatula warehouse store. <laughs> And it's as amazing as it sounds, um, obviously. Uh, so Spatula City was the first thing they ever filmed. And they, the studio wanted to know what they had done so far. And all they had to show them <laughs> was Spatula, Spatula City. City. Hey, it makes a great gift. <laughs> and what better way to say I love you than with the gift of a spatula? Oh. We've been quoting that all week. That was by and far the most quoted thing in our house this week. Yeah. Um, which also, side note, the movie when it did release was, it did bomb and flopped completely in the theaters, um, and oh, sure. is one of the reasons why Orion is no longer around as a, as well, a I, I saw the Weird Al didn't do anything for like three years. Oh, they are around now. I didn't realize that. Yeah. Yeah, they are back around. They've started doing like little independent things trying to get back off the ground. Um, yeah. and then, yeah, Weird Al, this was right before, this was right after the album Even Worse, which was his take on Bad with Michael Jackson, mm-hmm. and then right after the movie was Off the Deep End, which was the Nirvana stuff. So that's kind of where that fell right along in his career. Right, right. 
Um, well, you look at the movies that came out around it. Indiana Jones, Ghostbusters, Honey, I Shrunk the Kid, Lethal Weapon, Batman, License to Kill, Destroyed. and Harry Met Sally, Weekend and Bernie. That no was within chance. a month. It no never chance. had a shot. Right, exactly. People were like, oh, should we go see the Weird Al movie? Or should we go see one of these amazing movies that everyone's talking about? Like... Most of which have stood the test of time. Exactly. In as as UHF has as well. Let's, let's uh, agreed. <laughs> agreed. Yes. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. So so it, it it you know it's one of those movies that is certainly a cult classic. Um, so it's it's funny. I was talking about how this is one of those movies that when I was in high school, this was like one of our go tos. Like, you know, you're having a sleepover. You want you want to stay up super late and eat candy and watch a stupid funny movie. This is one of those movies that we would do that with. Um, <laughs> but, and then so flash forward to year 2020, This I watched this movie this year with some friends of mine. Um, I had a mask on, don't worry. <laughs> um, <laughs> this was, yeah, a few months ago. And uh, so my friend Bob loves this movie. So we watched it at his house and we're like having a great time. My friend Steve was there. He had never seen it before. Also in his early 30s, like I am, um, had never seen it before. He was laughing his head off. Thought it was hysterical. And I do think that this movie, like, really, really holds up. Even, what, it does. 30 years after its release. Yeah, I think one big aspect of that is that a lot of the parodies that he chose to do within the movie are movies that also have helped stand the test of time. Sure. Just the play on things like Gandhi 2. <laughs> True. It was amazing, Conan the Librarian. Um, I mean, for me, the first burst out laugh moment came right in the beginning when he pulls out the black French fries. He's like, oh, I see the fries are about done. Like, oh, I lost it in the basement. I don't know why. To me, it was the cow sound in the Raiders of the Lost Ark parody. He's walking through the jungle and it's quiet and the crickets are summing and he goes, and I was done. Like, see, I was on board. The train, when the train comes along and kills the guy. <laughs> yes. That to me, that is the first, like. Well, actually, no. Before that, I'm gonna even go before that. At the very beginning, as Weird Al enters the screen, like somebody pulls a gun on him, but he pulls out his Indiana Jones whip and just takes the guy's arm right off. Clean off. No blood. No <laughs> Clean off. No blood. And then the guy's like, "Oh no!" and runs away. And you and you, the camera pans over and you see not Indiana Jones but Weird Al with Indiana Jones's fedora, and like his frizzy hair and his. You know, he's a kind of a goofy guy, and he's got this totally serious look on his face. Amazing. Amazing. I think what works so well, too, is it's almost shot for shot, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah. With Weird Al and signs and just gags everywhere. It's, it's, it's brilliant. You can just tell they really studied that opening sequence. One of the best opening sequences in movie history riffed beautifully well in this movie. And it's a it's an opening sequence like that particular scene with the with the giant rock rolling and stuff like that. That has been spoofed in plenty of other things as well. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I really do think that it does it like super well. And, and obviously, yeah. like this was written by Weird Al, who is the king of song parodies. Like that is. Un- undisputedly the best in the world at writing parodies of songs, right? Mm-hmm. And so him Absolutely. doing his little parodies on these movie- movies works so well. And, I mean, the story in the background is great, too. you got some great characters. Um, you, you, like, just absurd things going on and just comedy that's out there on the wall. 
but I do think the little the little vignettes, the Spatula City, the Conan the Librarian, like that sort of thing is really what just makes this movie. Yeah, it's great. It's yeah. almost unfortunate to me. I, I kind of wish it was hugely successful so that he would just make this exact movie every five years and swap out the movies he's spoofing. Well, and <laughs> Don't even change the plot. Yeah, oh uh, apparently there was, like, he was trying to do a sequel at one point, but, like, there's just not the demand for it. So I don't sure. think it's ever going to happen. Sure. Yeah, I agree with Brendan. I was always disappointed I never got to see Druids on Parade. Because when he puts that one up on the upcoming program, I was like, oh, I can't wait to see that one. And then we never do. <laughs> but for me, Raul's Animal Kingdom was hands oh, down my favorite of the commercial, the show parodies, all that. Just when he pops up on screen, the fact that neither one of them know where he came from, like that was my favorite cut in. Well, it's kind of sad, though, too, honestly. So Raul's Animal Kingdom, I do believe, is my favorite little like show that they do for the for their for their tv station um mm-hmm. and they yeah i think i've said radio station in the past it's a tv station so they're doing all these mm-hmm. shows anyway so Raul's animal kingdom like spoof on animal shows obviously but it's kind of sad because trinidad silva was the actor who played Raul, and he passed away while filming was going on after he had done his two scenes that are in the movie Originally, he was supposed to be, like, the UPS delivery driver for the station. Like, he was supposed to be the one who delivered the box that then uh, George... So he would show up periodically. Yeah, so he... And then he was supposed to be at, like, the telethon helping save the station and whatnot. Um, So, yeah, very sad that he passed away, especially because, honestly, like, I feel like the movie could have used more of him... Um, yeah, he was like gold. his energy is just amazing, like absurd off the wall. Um, but uh, yeah, so the, the film is dedicated to Trinidad Silva, which is nice. Um, so rest in peace, Trinidad. Yeah. Um, speaking of that sequence, one another part that I just really had to gush about a little bit was the car that he drives around, the little two seater. That car is called a Nash Metropolitan. Um, and it appears later in his career because it is in the music video for It's All About the Pentiums, in case you did not know. Uh, same car or same, same model? Same car. Same car. Oh, According to Wikipedia, same car. Mm-hmm. No way. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then on the car note, that whole car salesman pitch where he's like, I'm going to club a baby seal to make a better deal. <laughs> like, <laughs> and doesn't losing somebody, my mind. Doesn't somebody famous play the car salesman? Um, Crispin Glover? No. No way. No, Crispin Glover wanted to play the role, but Weird Al and Jay Levy didn't think he was right for it, so they passed. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. And so soon after Back to the Future, you think he would have had a shot. That's really crazy. That's where it all went downhill. Oh, man. Now I'm I'm going down a rabbit hole on IMDb of uh, the trivia. So for the, the guy's sh- name is John Cadenhead, who played the car salesman, and he was also in Ernest Scared Stupid. So there you go. Great movie as well, <laughs> must say. Um, mm-hmm. All right, so here, here's one more thing. I'm just going to mention this because I, I know, Nick, you, you love this. Or is it Nick who lives this song or Brendan? Someone lives this song. This is from the IMDb trivia page. So Weird Al wanted to use Kung Fu Fighting when Uncle Harvey is in the pool. That's <laughs> that song. But they couldn't uh-huh. afford the rights to it. So instead, Weird Al wrote... Let me be your hog, which is amazing. And we're going to play it right here. Let me be your hog. Let me be your hog now. Baby, 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 baby,
And now that you've heard it, you can see how amazing it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, especially the the breath that breathe, screaming. Oh my gosh! <laughs> of course, I think my favorite part of the whole film was well. Before we get to favorite parts, I think we have to talk a little bit about the janitor, who was yes, played by Michael Richards. I mean, Michael Richards kind of stole the show. I mean, I love the, the childlike innocence it. that he had the entire movie. He was 40 at the time when he made the movie. I love the fact that like he's given the mop as an eight-year-old, and like that's paid off so wonderfully later on in the movie. Um, he was hysterical. I love Stanley's Playhouse. So freaking funny. Yeah. And I might note, note as well, so Michael Richards, if you're not familiar with the name, is the actor who played Kramer in Seinfeld. Um, Same this, year, too. Yeah, but this, yeah, so this was filmed before Seinfeld, um, which is kind of funny. Um, if yeah. you, is if, there some sort of coincidence that Weird Al's character's name is Newman in the movie? Listen, meant to be or something. George? <laughs> George Newman? Newman. Oh, George yeah. and yeah. Newman. Oh, my gosh. Mind blown what right now. What Listen. I'm just saying, there has to be a connection. There has this to be. This podcast really delves into the secrets of the cinema universe. <laughs> <laughs> or secrets of the universe. <laughs> <laughs> we should just call it on the nose from now on. <laughs> um, but yeah, also, I mean, Fran Drescher was also in the in the film. In the film, she plays like a newscaster. Um, and this was, I think, before the nanny. Yeah, it was. I just double checked. Yep. Um, so she got famous after this as well from, from the nanny, um, which is which is also fun. I love that shortly after when Stanley takes over, like the ideas for the shows become just a little bit better because Weird Al's like t- you know about town stuff was like complete riffs off of Geraldo Rivera, like with the Al Capone nothing burger that he had, and <laughs> you know opening the glove compartment maps like oh, freaking. Hey, I was laughing so hard, and I didn't realize the whole chair getting hit, like him getting hit in the face with a chair actually happened to Geraldo Rivera on his show, and he kept interviewing him. That's why he had the bandages. And well, what happens? Apparently, during um, an episode of Geraldo Rivera, like somebody threw a chair at him and it hit him in the face, but they kept going. So you can actually see the videos of Geraldo continuing the interview with like blood on his face. Blood pouring down. Like that. And that's the thing is, you don't have to get that that happened in real life or that it's a reference off of something else because the movie so beautifully has the jokes funny first. Yeah. You know, before trying. That before trying I to did not know this. that. I've seen the movie probably twenty times. Had no idea that that was what that was referencing. So that that's fantastic. Yeah. For me, I really love these slapstick movies. I mean, for, for me growing up, we would go to my uncle's house and we would watch things like Airplane and Hot Shots, Hot Shots Part 2, Top Secret. All those slapstick movies, um, Jerry Zucker, I think, was the director for most of those, Spy Hard, uh, Wrongfully Accused. And then you get to, you know, now it's like Scary Movie 3, 4, 5, 6. And then there was that weird period and when we were in college with like Meet the Spartans and Epic Movie and all those different things like people have not been able to capture the magic of how good like slapstick parody movies can be since Leslie Nielsen passed away I would say um, but that's what was to me like really special about this movie is it brought me back to those memories and everything is like a cartoon the fact that like the manager throws them out of the restaurant like and it's implied that she throws them extremely high and then they land like all that cartoony humor is just wonderful she throws them extremely high from underneath the rooftop. So when they go out of frame, they must curve upwards as they leave. Yep. Yeah. She was a local extra, by the way. Um, yeah. Really? I, I, so I remember because this is one, because I, I own the DVD and I love the movie so much, I watched the, the commentary reel years ago. 
And so I like remember these little things. And yeah, they were, were originally going to hire somebody to play it, and then they found her, and she's like, oh no, she's perfect. <laughs> so they, you mean a woman like her in Tulsa, Tulsa Oklahoma was available? Yeah, I'm shocking. I know. <laughs> we got we to gotta talk about the bad guy. The bad guy was so good in this you know he freaks out about the number two pencil and then like the pencil he snaps later on is a number two pencil um he's just slimy and icky and he says mean things like children would say to each other um clearly having a blast right and then his comeuppance at the end like i I couldn't stop laughing at the end of the movie because the bad guys just keep getting crapped on non-stop (laughs) more and more (laughs) bad things keep happening until they they all just break down and cry yeah. No, Change, I, mister! <laughs> he, and this, I, I think Weird Al does say in the, in the commentary, he's like, and you can tell how bad of a guy he is by, by how he snaps that poor pencil. <laughs> <laughs> Have you guys ever tried to do that? No, is it hard? No. It, like, I, I went and grabbed a pencil at this movie to, like oh the next day to try to break it. You can't do that. That's not a possible thing. Oh, my goodness. No. So, okay, so, Lishka, where did you first see this? I believe I first saw this with Merv and in college. Like I had in not college. seen it before that. Yeah. Yeah, that that sounds right. So, I, I showed this to a lot of people in college, though apparently not you, Brendan. I'm guessing. No. So my I first saw this. The same teacher in high school showed this to us three times. Oh my god. Because we went to public oh. school and our education didn't matter. That's so, right. <laughs> so no, I I have fond memories of this, but I don't think I've seen it since then. Oh. So, no, I was really grateful that you suggested this one because I, I think I quote Conan the Barbarian every time I walk into a library. I, <laughs> Don't you know the Dewey Decimal System? <laughs> I've said that to my kids every time we've gotten books. But I haven't seen it since I was 17. Mm-hmm. So I, this was a treat. This was awesome. Nice. Yeah, that Rambo sequence, I was every time like he blows something else up, and <laughs> just keeps turning and shooting more things, <laughs> losing my freaking mind. I was laughing so hard and slapping my leg. Ugh. My my, I don't know about you guys, my biggest laugh in the whole movie was the boy in the oatmeal who gets the fire hose in the face. I was dying. <laughs> Do you have a favorite moment, Murph? Like one that just that you just love? I, I do. All right, so I'll, I'll go with my, I think my three favorite, like, little sketches in the middle of this. So I already mentioned Rose's favorite, Rose's Animal Kingdom, specifically the one where he's sticking turtles to the ceiling. Amazing. <laughs> no, suction na- nature's su- suction cup. <laughs> um, and then I also love Wheel of Fish. Wheel of Fish is just amazing Great. and so absurd. Um, and then also... There's the one episode of Town Talk where the high school shop teacher is on there. And it's played that had my favorite moment by far. Yeah, played by Emo Phillips, um, mm-hmm. who is a very weird, out there comic um, who's friends with Weird Al, wanted to be in the movie, so they wrote this part for him. Um, and it's it's just amazing. Yeah. By and far, my favorite moment of the whole movie is when Weird Al reminds him that it's called a table saw, and he gives that look. That yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, I like that's a pause. The movie. I need a breath for a minute. It's a moment for me. I mean, uh, there was so much extreme violence in this movie. You know, the PG-13. When I first saw that pop up on the screen, I was like, really PG-13? And then, you know, you had the Conan, the librarian, slice the guy in half. You had the violence with Gandhi too. The Rambo stuff, especially because like two people blew up. 
yep. in the Rambo sequence. And then that, I guess, and I hadn't seen the extended edition. I guess there's like almost a two and a half hour cut of this floating around. Like the thumb comes off and he like sticks it in his mouth later. He's like, you're supposed to do this. Ooh. Ridiculous. <laughs> I haven't seen that. Ooh. Yeah. That was just according to IMDb. It says there's an uncut version. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Now, I will say one negative about the movie is Weird Al's girlfriend should dump him and run away. Yeah. That love story. That's a line, Murph, you said a lot in college, which was, mashed potatoes, my favorite. Terry, you shouldn't have. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I do feel like the ending like is almost a little too trite in some ways, how everything goes exactly <laughs> as, as the good guys want it to. <laughs> I'm saying that totally flippantly, given the subject matter. I mean, it was great. Utterly fantastic. Is there any final thoughts you have about this? Um, I, so there are some comedies from round about when this was made and even earlier that do not hold up well for various like <laughs> socio-political sort of reasons. Uh, so I do. You're so stupid. I honestly not a big deal. I mean, I, maybe, maybe. Uh, and who am I to comment on this? But I do feel like I do have to comment that Gandhi 2 is was controversial at the time, and yeah, it's a little too too cringe right now. Um, a little bit, yeah. Very funny, don't get me wrong. But yeah, I, I don't think they would include Gandhi 2 if they were doing this today. I gotta be honest, there's always one scene in this movie that I'm just like, okay, fast forward, and it's the Beverly Hillbilly song. I just can't, it's the one so thing true. I just can't stand. Yeah. Every time it pops up, like, I get it, the Dire Straits song, I Want My MTV, like, that music video was cutting edge at the time, and it was a perfect parody, but I'm just like, it It really stops the movie completely dead. I just... That is when you go to the bathroom. That's yes. That's what I did. Yep. yep. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, would you say you've gushed thoroughly, Murph? I suppose so. I feel like my head is like a giant fruit or something. <laughs> Good gush, man. It was wonderful. The loom? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'll tell you what. It's that time of the show where you, Murph, pick a number between 1 and 204. Wow. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a good good game. I hope something comes of it, because if it's just me <laughs> picking a number, that's not going to be that exciting. I'll go with 24. 24? Okay, that's really up there. That would be Grant James, who played Killer Thug. We just want to say thank you, Grant. Thank you for being in this movie. <laughs> Killer Thug. Killer Thug. Let me see. He was the... Um, he wasn't the super mob mafia kind of guy. But he was in, gosh, Tombstone. He was in Bernie. He's in Dumb and Dumber 2. What was he in this? his name again? Grant? Grant James. He's from Medina, Ohio. Murph, do you know where Medina is? Medina, they say, actually. Medina, they they would say Medina (laughs) in the Middle East. Um, So he's one of the guys that kidnaps Kramer. Uh, Stanley, yeah. Richard. Oh, is he the one who says, let me kill him? Please let me kill him. I think so. I think it's this guy. Wow, yeah. he was in, He's done a lot of ton of anime voice acting. He was in Walker, Texas Ranger. <laughs> uh, he plays the doctor in Dragon Ball Z. Probably Dragon Ball Z people have think. He was in yeah. Dumb and Dumber 2, apparently. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sorry about sorry. that, brother. 
And it looks like he's still acting. It looks like he was in a movie this year. And hopefully, hopefully, Grant, you're still out there. You're still crushing it. You're still getting roles. Like, thank you for being in UHF. You helped bring this movie to a whole other level. Thank you. Thank you. So now we're going to do the same thing, except I would like you to pick a letter between A and C. Considering there's only literally one letter between <laughs> A and C, okay. I'll go with Pick B. a letter between... Damn it. <laughs> Too late. Mother! Okay. Murph, <laughs> could you please say something nice? Just, I would just, tell, I want you to, I, want, I mean, I want you to say something really nice, really heartfelt. It, like, imagine you had to meet this person, you had to give them a compliment because they were in the dumps and they really just needed to feel better about themselves. Say something nice about Meet Joe Black. <laughs> the whole point of this, so this part, this is the part of the show. With Cinema Gush, all we want to do is be positive uh, and bring something good into the world. And so this is the portion of the show called Say Something Nice, where we had asked our guests beforehand to give us movies that they absolutely hated, and then they're going to get one at random, and they're going to have to say something nice about it. And, so, of course, so of the three movies I gave you that I hated, this is the only one that I actually turned off like halfway through. So you never finished it? I never finished it. So I don't know if that's cheating. Should I still say something nice about it? Damn straight. Heck yeah. yeah what, what is there nice to say? Okay, you know what? It's really funny when the guy played by Brad Pitt dies. <laughs> um, it's really hysterical. It, I don't think they intended it to be funny, but you know what? They did a great but job of making it, it funny. And I really enjoyed it. I did notice two of your three movies are Brad Pitt movies. Oh my gosh, that's true. I forgot about that. Oh. One of them is not a bad movie, and I was <laughs> dying on that grave. Die on that grave. Yeah, my, my wife would agree with you, Brendan. But <laughs> good, good, good. You know, good. before the days of YouTube, when there were just like these random websites that would have like viral videos, like Ebaum's World and things like that, that clip of Brad Pitt getting hit by the two taxis, the two minivans, I think it was. That was one of those clips where I was just like, oh my gosh, did I just see somebody die? I had no idea it was from a movie. <laughs> that's Meet Joe Black. I know nothing about Meet Joe Black other than Brad Pitt dies. It's a pretty good film. Well, that's not spoiling anything because that, <laughs> that happens about 10 minutes in, and it's not a I, good Well, film. no, I, I know that's the premise of the movie, so. <laughs> I mean, I had no idea. I was going to watch it right after we got out. Uh. <laughs> uh, goodness. Well... We're just about done with the show, folks, and so we're just going to ask our last roundtable question, which is, uh, Murph, what are you watching uh, these days? Are there any shows or movies or is there anything right now that you're just binging and just absolutely loving that you need to tell the world about? So I, I don't binge, um, and I realize that, that makes some people upset, but I, I like my you. episodes of TV one at a time. Um, I'm finally about to get to watching the last episode of season one of The Mandalorian. <laughs> very nice. Which I have Are to you watch. enjoying it? I am. It's, it's very good. It's, it's very good. It's very beautiful. I love this, how they did the, how they did the special effects, um, which you two probably know, but for any of your listeners who haven't seen it, like they, they essentially have these, these giant LED screens that they're filming in front of that have all the backgrounds. And it's the, it means that they're able to do cinematic quality with a TV show on a TV show's budget, and it's so good. Ten years from now, that's how most movies are going to be made. I'm, I'm convinced of that. It's I mean, they're using the Unreal Engine, so it's basically a video game they're acting in front of, and you can't tell. It's right. gorgeous. Right. No, it's amazing. Um, so, yeah, finishing that up, um, 
and then in the middle of a few other shows, but that's the one I'm kind of more excited about right now. Awesome. Brendan, you? I don't know if I mentioned last week, but I did go see The Exorcist in theaters with my dad. Masked up. We were good. But I had never seen that before. Really enjoyed that. I was surprised. Really? Yeah, I didn't expect it to hold up. I I guess I expected it to be a cheesy Exorcist movie, but it's a very thoughtful, well-directed, well-acted. I, I know this is dumb to say The Exorcist is a good movie, but <laughs> man, it's a good movie. Coming in with the hot <laughs> takes here, Brendan. <laughs> I know, I know. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm currently watching The Mandalorian Season 2. I'm on Episode 2 because, you know, that's the one that's out right now, Murph. Mm, um, Lord. Nothing nothing different from last week. Um, I got an Xbox yesterday, so that's that's what I'm doing right now. Oh, the new the Xbox 360? Congratulations. The yeah, no, yeah, the 360. That's exactly right. So <laughs> I, I had a problem earlier where these three red lights came on, so I got to figure out what's going on there. It should be fine. Oh, no. Yeah. How about you? What are you watching? A whole lot of YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you seen the newest show to hit YouTube? <laughs> <laughs> there's some, there's something that like every every minute there's like 1,100 new YouTube videos or something. I have to find that statistic. And I'll follow up with that next week. Yeah. But uh, um, no, just a lot of YouTube shows. I found a new YouTube chef that I really am enjoying like crazy. His name's Josh Weissman. He's from Austin, Texas, and we subscribed to him three days ago. <laughs> You did you? Yeah. Um, for those who don't know, he has this show that's really awesome called uh, But Better, where he takes like really special fast food items like the Baconator, In-N-Out Cheeseburger, Arby's Curly Fries, and he makes them better at home, and he shows you exactly how he does it. Huh. Um, so I've been really digging that show. Um, and that's about all I've been watching. Yeah, it's been a very busy week. we got a lot of uh, commercials to watch for uh, Toyota-thon and Black Friday and stuff. I should put in one more. So a few days ago, over the over this past weekend, Amy and I were like, what movies came out in the past couple of years that we haven't seen yet? And we watched Jojo Rabbit for the first time. Is that good? good? Amazing. Very good. Like, very hard to categorize and talk about without spoiling things or without, like, just because it's, it's weird, it's its own Nick? thing. Um, Not yet. Nick, you got to see it. Oh, my gosh. So good. Very good. Um, it's Taika Waititi, yes, I think. Yes, Taika, Taika Waititi. Oh, Thank you me. know what? Speaking of, we also, in the last week, I think it was, maybe it was two weeks ago, watched um, Hunt for the Wilder People, which is Taika Waititi's six, seven years ago. Yeah. Either of you seen that? I haven't seen it, but I've wanted to for a while. Very yeah. good. Very good. Strong recommend. Excellent. It's on Netflix. Sweet. Well, thanks, everyone, for this episode of Cinema Gush. Uh, you can follow Kyle Murphy on his YouTube channel, where he's currently counting down his top 100 games of all time. Murph, what's number 74? Um, I'll tell you in a second. <laughs> How high know. is Candyland? <laughs> How high is Candyland? Top 10 or top 20? <laughs> <laughs> Those are the only two options. Listen, it's I'm only ranking games on this YouTube channel, Brendan. Not activities where you just look at colors and you move things around. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> My audio just spiked over here. Um, you can follow him on K-Y-T-M-U-I-S-C-O on YouTube as he counts down his uh, top 100 games. Yep. And uh, you can also go through his created playlists such as Good Music and Tiny Desk Concerts. Listen, good music is the best name for a playlist. It's a great playlist. It's a great playlist. (laughs) It's been a pleasure, man. Thanks for joining us. Happy to be here. Wait, number 74. 
<laughs> oh my gosh, I didn't pull it up. I thought you were joking. Gosh, okay, well. No, we give us a little tease. Are, give us a little we're taste. We're going to have a little tease. I just got to pull up my Google Sheets here. It was very scientific. Just a little flavor, just a little something. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? What would you say, 73? 74, uh, sure, 73. Well, which one? You got to choose now. 73. 73. Oh, 73 is Blockus. That's a mass market Nick game. People know that game. It's a good game. Never heard of it. It's like a, a four-player abstract game. Highly, highly recommend. Why do others play that one? They're three. They're five and seven. And they play just fine. It's a good game. Yeah. Okay. Fantastic. Awesome. Right. Well, thanks again let's, for joining us, Murph. Yeah. Yeah. Ready? Go ahead. Nice to no, I'm just going to say guys. bye. Go away now. Okay. All right. Oh. Let's do this. Okay. I'll, I'll go away now. My recording. <laughs> Thank you, Kyle Murphy. We'll catch y'all later. Sounds good. All right.